That tune is called Holiday off the brand spanking new album Blood and Sand from TLB featuring the brothers Vorel, my guest on this episode of Conversations with Calcaterra. TLB, you say, what does that mean? What's up to you? little choose-your-own-adventure situation. Make up your own words, as uh, Darren states, although I do drop the former name of the band at the early part of the episode. Check that out. We talk about the healing power of punk music. It's a really cool story. Two brothers who were polar opposites in life, but have bonded through the music. It's a story of hope and inspiration and a life of art through various mediums. Their parents were artists. They've become artists themselves. And you'll hear specifically how they express themselves through art. I had, a, I had an absolute blast reconnecting with Darren and Eric. And as an artist myself, I'm inspired by their enthusiasm and their interest in my work. It's great that uh, Darren recognizes podcasting as an art form. And I'm really happy and proud to bring you their work, their music, and uh, talking about their art. Darren's love for cinema, his love for the Cubs. I know some of you St. Louis fans out there may boo that, but uh, he's, he loves baseball. He loves life. Just a good dude. Really happy to know him. Happy to present his music here. Um, the story of Darren and Eric, it's, it's great. I just... I really enjoy bringing this to you. I want to thank Dr. Mark Collin for his sponsorship of this episode. You can go to the show page, whether it be on KenCalcaterra.com, SoundCloud, could be on uh, now what is uh, YouTube, YouTube Music, uh, podcaster there. Uh, wherever, wherever else you listen to or where you get your podcasts, I thank you for listening um, Dr. Holland's area, St. Louis area chiropractic offices are listed. If you are in need of chiropractic care, please give him a call. Give him a try. Uh, what else here? What else? Oh, also want to mention, give a shout out to the band uh, now known as Hounds. At the time, uh, I traveled with them and created a music video. They were known by another name. Uh, they were Clockwork at that time. They are about to release their major label debut. And uh, I'll give you more information about that when I have it. But uh, just really great music, amazing harmonies, and, and just great, all-around great people. Follow me on social media. You know, Keep the conversation going. Would love to hear what you like about this. Would love to hear your comments. Uh, would love to read your comments. I mean, send me, send me a voicemail or something as well. Send me some audio. But, uh, you know, really, really happy. Just really privileged to talk to great people, to have connected to these wonderful people throughout the years, and to bring them to you via this art form of podcasting and this uh, podcast that I have called Conversations with Calcaterra. All right, guys, welcome. Welcome to the podcast. Hey, thank you very much. Thanks for having us. Yeah, I've been, you guys have been on my list for a while, and it just worked out. It's uh, serendipitous that uh, the release of your new album is uh, in a couple of days of this recording, but, uh, it, you know, it'll be, I guess, a week after it's released. But let's talk about that. So you have the new release from That Lying Bitch. It's a great band. Yeah. Name. 
Yeah, thanks a lot. You know, actually, uh, these days we're just going by TLB, um, and then people can kind of make up the name as they like. We, we we like to tell people we're called Tender Loving Boys so that, you know, we don't offend anybody. It's punk rock, and, you know, you, you wouldn't believe how many people you can offend with a name like that. So we've we've made it a little more PC. Plus, we can't uh, promote any of our posts on Facebook or anything like that. So all of our social media people, all of the people at the label, they always say, well, you, you need to have a name that we can promote. So now we're just TLB, but it's not like we weren't called that in the past. So you, when you first met us, we were <laughs> called that line bitch for sure. And that was like, what, 2014, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And I was blown away when I um, when I saw you guys. I forget the name of the club there at South by Southwest, but um, I was hanging out uh, this band. They're now called Hounds. And they, uh, right, yeah. they have a deal with uh, BMG, so they're releasing their um, debut. Jordan, Jordan Sloan, I believe. Absolutely, yeah. Very yeah. nice guy. Yeah. yeah, most definitely. So they have their uh, debut album with a, a major label that comes out November 13th. And Very talented guys, I can see why. Absolutely, great harmonies, great dudes. Uh, so yeah, seeing your show, we, we went and saw a band called Color of London, and uh, their lead singer is now huge in the country world. And uh, what I love about shows, when you go, you they I think they were opening for you. And then, of course, Jordan and the guys were like, okay, this other band, because they knew of uh, Tom. And uh, so it was like, let's check them out. And I had my camera, took some photos, but blown away. It was just the energy of that show was incredible. And, and video, too. You took, oh, that's uh, right. I did. For. Yeah. yeah, we're grateful for that because we have that online and we can always kind of go relive the glory days of South by Southwest 2014 now. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. So let's talk about this uh, new release from TLB. Yeah, thanks. Uh, of course. Yeah, it's our second record. So uh, it's funny. It took us about like seven years to be like, okay, let's make a second record. Because that first one was kind of coming together, but then it was like, well, we play a show and then we do this and that. And then the Play White Tees, which Tom is the drummer of our band, he's the singer of the Play White Tees. So of course they get busy and then we kind of have to go on the back burner. But with the pandemic it's been amazing almost because of the fact that we have all the time like they can't tour um i'm not saying that's amazing but it does allow us the time to do this so we recorded this record during the pandemic it was the weirdest experience of our lives i mean all of us in masks and all this crazy stuff but because it's three three chord punk rock we were able to write these songs and you know package it up and have it ready to go in, in as little as uh, three months here that's fantastic. And you have a, you know, a vinyl release as well. So That's right. So that first record that we put out is going to be on vinyl, and uh, the and Blood and Sand, the second record, will be on vinyl at the same time. Very cool. And then how, how long have you guys been uh, playing together? I mean, Eric, you're the older brother. So did you, uh, Darren, did you, did you uh, get your influence? Was he an influence for you? Oh, for sure. You know, I think it's actually me who started playing the music because I was like so into Nirvana, you know, like everybody else my age. And uh, I think then Eric kind of was like, oh, I'm into this stuff, too. But he he took guitar lessons first. So I got to give him that. Um, and then he kind of just didn't pick it up again, you know, and then Nirvana came along and changed all of our lives. So we kind of were in tandem at that point. And I, I, I joined his band first. He, he came back. He moved to Florida for a little while, came back. And then he was like, let's do this band called Backdrop. And I said, okay. So I sang harmonies and played guitar as the second fiddle in that band. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <In a nutshell. clears throat> 
And that's cool yeah. being able to uh, uh, play music and create music with your brother. Yeah, it absolutely is. You know, to be honest with you, we don't have, we didn't have that great of a relationship uh, um, up until about 2016. Because I'm I'm just kind of like notoriously an asshole. I still am, <laughs> uh, and I don't mean to be, but I get like that because I just like when I get involved in the work or stuff like that, I tend to just it just comes out. So Eric was like, "Well, look, you got to start being nicer to me." So in 2016, we played the House of Blues in Houston. And he and I took a couple of days beforehand to kind of do a bro trip. And we went to NASA. And, and, and I think since then, we've been better friends, you know? That's fantastic. So you think. That's your I mean, per- I don't got to ask him, but. Yeah. That's your perception, Darren. <laughs> mm-hmm. What a closed off little world he has. <laughs> I do, especially right now. I mean, I, I'm, I'm alone over here in Chicago. So I'm in the middle of, of the city. And I tell you, I have not been out very much because I have very bad asthma, which is, I guess it's funny to say that as a singer, because, but I've, I have notoriously trouble, trouble breathing all my life. So I'm very afraid of getting this thing, you know, just in case. Ken, I've been calling him and calling him and calling him and he hasn't called me back one time. <laughs> now, now I'm finding out he's got his own. He's, what isn't this kid doing over there? So now I'm starting to understand why he doesn't call me back anymore. I thought he was just being mean, but, you know, he's a very yeah. dude. He's I good. am being mean. So looking at this release, of course, with um, COVID, we can't do, you know, a lot of things like we're used to. So it's kind of, you know, like you said, it's it's maybe a little bittersweet there. You're able to record the album and get all that going based on schedules, but then you can't have a proper release party. But you are doing something pretty cool virtually. Talk a little bit about that. Yeah, for sure. So, you know, I think people are finding a way. Like anything in life, you kind of have to just kind of adapt to what your surroundings are. And so most people in music, I think, are. Obviously, this is a huge bummer for a lot of the venues in Chicago uh, that we love. And so, you know, we would love to do this at one of those venues it's just not possible to have a crowd in there. Uh, so we're trying to do this at least in the meantime on our own. And we've got anybody who ordered the vinyl either digitally or if they got the vinyl, um, we're going to do an exclusive show um, November 1st at three o'clock. And it's going to be me, Eric and Tom socially distanced uh, and just have some fun, you know, have some beers and have us three perform for anybody who, who bought the record. And so that'll be like the first release. And then we're hoping the second release can be a bigger deal. So, you know, if it has to be virtual, then maybe we can at least get inside one of those venues and, and pay some, charge some money to be able to help the venue and, you know, somehow have cameras in there and that kind of a thing to make it um, just some more of a live thing. Cause this next, this one we're doing in November, November 1st will be acoustic. Oh, very cool. Very cool. I haven't seen you guys acoustic. Yeah, it's fun. You know, but the thing is, we don't know if we're going to blow out the speakers of the live stream and stuff. So, you know, there wasn't enough time to really figure it out professionally. That's why we're going to do a second one that's more open to the public. Oh, very cool. Very cool. Um, And I'm loving what I'm seeing on Facebook uh, with you guys. (laughs) Your banter back and forth is hilarious. And one of the Uh, one of the notes that I made, Eric, was... uh, was talking about uh he said watch me attempt uh to rock all the songs i have no idea how to play uh, <laughs> right uh i really don't know how to play any of the songs <laughs> that well is... you, 
that's kind of the funny part about Eric is that Tom and I write the songs mostly and we do it through our um, phones because again, he's on tour all the time. And so he'll be like, mostly these songs come up by titles, you know? So I'll be like, oh man, you know, like, I don't want to think about it. I just want to drink about it. And we said, Tom actually said that one time when we we're hanging out, we're like, that's a song. So in the meantime, while he's touring, I'll write the, you know, guitar part and I'll send it to him and he'll say, oh, that's awesome. Let me add this part. And by the time it's done, Eric really has no idea what's happening. So he comes to the studio and he's, and we're like, Hey, did you, we, we demoed. Okay. So we, Tom did his drums sent them to me and then I put them in logic and, you know, I did some guitar and at the end of it, we're like, yeah, it sounds pretty good. You know? So we, of course we send it to Eric and I don't think he listened to it. And he comes to the recording, not knowing anything about any of the songs, which actually turns out amazing. Cause if, when you hear the record, it's got so many cool little, like you said, all the warts and all that's our record. Eric's really the star because of the fact that he has no clue what's happening when he comes in. It's kind of like that creative magic that just happens on the spot, you know? Yeah, I kind of just refuse to, uh, I feel almost like sometimes left out that they do all this and then they finally <laughs> put it off to me like a day before we're supposed to be in, like I was supposed to drop my whole life and go into the studio, and which I do, obviously, <laughs> love it. But um, there is no time to go over the songs because they literally drop it on me the last second. And then I'm just like, all right, let's just do this. So I gave up on like actually learning the songs and I found that going into the studio is literally just the best way to to kind of like almost be like f you guys what you're gonna get what you get you know? <laughs> yeah that's pretty much how it goes that's true but yeah i saw you playing on on facebook as well eric it was more classical style on your acoustic and it was just i was blown away oh thanks man Good stuff yeah. i uh when i'm not doing tlb stuff i tend to you know i don't know i just love guitar so it doesn't really matter what genre it is you know um it's just kind of something that i just gravitate towards like beautiful music you know on the guitar so that's what i do yeah do you find that to be a, a meditative experience playing an instrument absolutely absolutely that's actually what i do uh i just kind of i have this ritual in the morning i go and i make a cup of espresso and while that's actually brewing it gives me like literally 30 seconds to like fill around and i challenge myself to play some kind of new little riff or something every day during that moment and uh yeah I would say that everything, when the day's over, I always end my night with the guitar and I just play, even if it's for five minutes, it gets me through whatever I just, you know, was, couldn't handle anymore throughout the day. Right on. And that's, that's kind of what I'm in, attempting to learn a few instruments just for that reason, just to meditate, break free, just do something a little bit different. Because it's one of those things you have to focus when you're playing. What uh, instruments are you into? Uh, right now I'm, I'm messing with bass and then uh, keyboard a little bit. Oops. Oh, cool. So just following along uh, mainly with an app called Musician. Mm. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Fun, fun to learn, you know, keep, uh, keep the brain moving. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> a little bit. I can play a little bit of everything, but one thing I wish that, you know, I would have done early was, uh, learn how to play piano. I think a lot of people do. Yeah, it's a, I enjoy the keys. It seems like even when I'm just noodling around that uh, it sounds like something. Yeah, piano is one of the most be most beautiful instruments. And Darren, do you do you play piano? 
Oh, no. <laughs> uh, it's kind of funny because I, I kind of don't really care too much about the instruments. I, I don't know why. I, I just never really got very good at, at a guitar. So, like, I can play and I can write songs on it and stuff. But that's, I guess, why we're in a like, – I love all types of music. Uh -huh. But I can only really play, like, punk rock music So because it's three chords and it's easy. Well, as far as writing lyrics, I mean, you're you're great at writing you know, snappy um, titles and yeah, uh, fun lyrics. And it's almost uh, it's almost what I what I've seen you know since I've known you is uh, like a lot of lot of artists come up with or here's our new album it's almost like here's my new band you've been in yeah. so many different bands and you know a lot of cool punk rock music and um, I, yeah. I enjoy the work you've done uh, with your band the Scissors. Oh, thanks very much. Yeah, I think you know for for me, I I enjoyed that band it was so serious and. Um, because it got like real, you know, we have a major label looking at us and, you know, by the time that all started to happen, like everything kind of fell apart. And so th this band for TLB, uh, we just kind of take it as it comes and it's been the most fun we've ever had. And at, like, we already have like three songs written for the next record. It never is something that we ever want to stop doing. We finally found that sweet spot of people we want to be in a band with that understand us the same, like we understand each other the same way. And after, you know, playing in the scissors for, uh, gosh, I was in that band for so long. So after that was over, I thought maybe I'd never get another chance to play music again. So that uh, would explain me doing all these projects because any chance I get to do something that I find interesting, I'm not going to just do it to do it, but if I get the opportunity to do something that's interesting and that will afford me the ability to continue playing music, I, I do it. I jump at it for sure. That's cool. And you also, um, you also had a band with Chris Mason who um, I saw years ago open for his friends of mine here in St. Louis. I think there, there was a club here called Mississippi nights, which was really cool. And now mm. it's like overflow parking for a casino, which is which is a travesty. But uh, yeah. when, when he uh, he was in uh, Super Happy Fun Club, correct? Yes. Yeah. Uh -huh. That's what, correct. Yeah. What a fun band that was. Totally. Yeah, with Stubie from Lucky Boys Confusion, and then a bunch of our other pals from other bands. That was kind of like a super group for a while. Right on. So yeah, yeah, I enjoyed uh, seeing them. So you with him, you had uh, you had the Souzas. Is did I remember yeah, saying the that right? Yeah, Suizos. Suizos. So that band was kind of like the uh, idea behind that was that we just wanted to like bash everything that kind of annoyed us. So we would always be like the F word. I don't know if you can say that on your podcast, sure, but it would yeah. be like, you know, fuck Green Bay because we're not Packers yeah. fans, we're that, Bears fans. That was a hilarious you know? music video. <laughs> yeah, I and they just it. make it goofy. That, you know, that yeah. was the thing with it. Most of my projects post scissors were like definitely not taking myself too seriously. I do some acoustic stuff or just kind of, um, uh, solo stuff for that, you know, where I want to like maybe have more of a something to say. But when I do stuff with friends, it's a, it's more fun to just kind of make jokes through music, you know. Very cool. And Eric, is your style you more serious player, or how uh, where do you fit into the whole mix as far as what's your what's your level of uh, funness? Uh, yeah, I mean, I just go with it. I mean, you know. <laughs> When it comes to my own music, it's it's a little different story. But as far as TLB, I mean, I literally, I kind of don't give a shit. I just have fun with it. <laughs> it's important to me. I feel the music, and it just kind of comes out of me. You know, it's like the best band I've ever been in. It's the one that like I would, I chose to you know um, see my brother through some some hard times, and uh, it's it's 
breathe new life into me, you know, for sure. It's uh it's like Darren said, it's the best band as far as we all get each other. We know what we're thinking, we know what we're doing. Uh we can accept it's a lot of hard love in the room, uh, you know, and it's you have to be like, hey, uh I don't like this part or whatever. So it's cool, man. Whatever, you know, and then we just move on. So that's cool. When looking at the photos, um, I'm, I'm used to seeing you with your headband, which sure. I, which is a great look. And then you had uh, you had the sunglasses, and your hair was a little different, and a leather jacket. And I thought, what the hell? Who's who's that guy? Because I thought oh, at oh. one point you weren't in the band. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> what's going on? Eric's not in the band. Yeah, no. that's what Ken was asking me before this. He's like, is is your brother still in the band? I was like, I, to be honest with you, I got to check, but uh, I think he is. <laughs> no, you know that was uh, that was COVID, and uh, you know, almost we still are. But Darren, you know, he's like, let's get over here, let's do this record, whatever, blah blah. I'm like, dude, I haven't got my haircut, you know, whatever. And he's like, well, we got a guy come take photos, and I'm like, well, whatever, let's just do it. You know, like you know, that's the attitude, like. Okay, whatever. It doesn't matter. Let's yeah, just... Ken, that was so weird too because it would be like, okay, hold your breath while we take these photos because obviously some of them we had to do without, you know, the mask on and stuff yeah, like yeah. that. And so we would just like hold our breath, take the photo, and then like hurry up and breathe. You know, it was crazy. It it is pretty crazy. I've uh, kind of done that at times. I, I haven't been around a lot of people, and it's just scary. You know, we've talked about different venues. And seeing right. some of these great venues, just how long can they hold on? So right, uh, you're you're in St. Louis, you said. So uh, is it fire, the Firebird? Is that close by you? Oh uh, yeah, it's not too far. It's probably like yeah, twenty minutes. Yeah, I love minutes. that venue. Played that a bunch of times, and uh, I kind of loved um, the Scissors used to play there a lot because it was close by, you know, yeah. Chicago and everything like yeah. that. We haven't played in TLB, but are they doing okay over there? Uh, you know, I haven't uh, I haven't paid that that close attention. I know there's not a lot of shows happening much anywhere. Yeah. Um, yeah. One of the bigger clubs is called the Pageant. Um, gotcha. I yeah, imagine, of yeah, when you guys start touring and the you know once it gets back to that, that probably be, or no, you'd probably be either there or there's another venue that's that's pretty cool right next to it called Delmar Hall. Oh yeah, I've heard of both of those places. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So d- d- different sizes, but yeah, I'd imagine you guys being in one of those venues. But um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, you know, a lot of good venues. Um, I, I think St. Louis is more of, it, it seems like, I guess, a general audience. People embrace tribute bands a little bit more. Um, you know, original music, yeah, we've, we've some good original music, but uh, I don't know. I, I think a lot of our population is kind of like into the classics and what they know, where um, we have a large group of people that's, you know, into, into a lot of touring bands and original music, but... Yeah, I think there was a band that we used to play with that was from San Francisco. Or, I'm sorry, uh, uh, from St. Louis called the the Haddonfields. Does that sound cr- familiar? You know, I don't. They're I'm, I'm not familiar with them. Gotcha. Yeah, and then uh, can't think of any other ones. But uh, I like. I, I have to admit, as a Cubs fan, it's hard for me to say this, but I like <laughs> St. Louis. I mean, I really like the fact that like all the buildings, like you guys, won't tear it down, and I. That's what I love about like like that old brewery that's there. It starts with an L, I believe. The Limp Brewery, yeah. That's right. And I love that that place is still standing because I'm just a big fan of history. Me too. Uh, yeah. yeah. And so, like, you know, Chicago's great because most of the places don't get tear- torn down, you know, for the most part. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, when I go there, though, that's like the legit, like, no, they don't get torn down. Like, even if it's abandoned for, like, 20 years, it doesn't get <laughs> torn down. <laughs> yeah, that's... You know, St. Louisans are, are proud of their history, 
And so, yeah, sometimes we live a little too much in the past, but, uh, you know, it's a big, it's a big small town, but it's a good place. It's a good place. Yeah. If you, uh, sometime you, you'll have to make it in town. We'll go see a Cardinals cub series. I would love that, man. So yeah, yeah, definitely. Looking forward to the day when, uh, bands are touring again, when we're going to venues and all that. But, um, you know, at this point, let's, let's just talk a little bit about your influences. So, um, being, you know, playing punk music, but like liking Nirvana, um, it seems like in that, that era of the, you know, what early to mid nineties is when you really embraced playing music. What are some of, who were some of the bands that have influenced you guys over the years? Eric, you want to go first? Sure. Um, well, you know, to be honest with you, like I'm not, Darren is really like the music guru. Like, you know, he's, he's really deep with history. Uh, I got into music a little bit later and actually because of Darren, I got into music, uh, more, I would say, but Nirvana definitely was the first band, um, where it was just like at the right age, right time. And everybody was, you know, full of piss and vinegar basically. And, um, I just remember uh, that kind of like sparking everything. And then as we traveled into time a little bit, started picking up some instruments, uh, it was like a lot of Chicago bands, like Smoking Popes were definitely hands down, still to this day my favorite. Um, I don't know what it is about um, Josh Cater and his voice and just the way that he writes songs. It just really, really pushed me over the edge. Um, but yeah, for me, I would say those are my were my two top inspirations for sure. And, it's, and that's pretty cool that uh, that you were able to get into music later in life and that you are enjoying it and and playing professionally, you know, with with TLB. That's fantastic. Yeah, I think it's kind of the secret to the whole thing. Um, I kind of like that. I don't know that much about music. Um, I kind of feel like that it keeps me me. You know, um, it's my voice. My voice is definitely unique. Um, you know, I have my own voice, my own style of playing, and I feel like that's something I'm kind of proud of. If I would have followed along and just learned everyone's songs. I feel like, you know, it uh, probably wouldn't be the same scenario. Mm-hmm. Well, all the greats, I mean, that's one thing with the recent passing of Eddie Van Halen. He mm-hmm. talked about that was that he, he couldn't really play other people's music, so he developed his own style. I know The Edge with U2. Uh, just that whole band, that was kind of their motif, was that, uh, yeah, we can't really play other people's songs, so why don't we just figure it out and we'll play our own and just look at the originality that they've come up with. So sure. so that's cool, man. I dig that. And how about you, Dan? Yeah, yeah for me, can you hear me a little bit better? I switched to the, the MacBook Pro microphone. Yeah, yeah. Is it better? Okay. Yeah, it is. Uh, we got to start over now. <laughs> yeah, right. No, <laughs> now we're God good. It. We're good. But yeah, like I said, I've got this going, so I'll get that to you. Cool. Um, yeah, so the, so Ken, to answer your question, I love all kinds of music. Like, There's stuff in my past that have definitely influenced this band, just like for sure the Ramones. You know, I always love a local band from here called Screeching Weasel, which now is, I guess, located in Wisconsin because the lead singer lives there. But it was always like, that was the Chicago punk band that I loved. Green Day, of course. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, all the Lookout Records bands in San Francisco, which would include Green Day, but also like, you know, Rancid was was on Lookout Records and uh, the Screeching Weasel, the Queers. And that really encompasses with the Ramones, this band, TLB. Now, my other influences, 
wide, man. You know, I love music so much. I listen to oldies all the time. Um, I'm definitely into a band called Murder by Death a ton. Like, I love that. I don't know if you've ever heard of them. I have but, not. Uh, a beautiful band um every record they do i always buy the vinyl like i'm a big fan of like the bands that i really care about making sure that i buy something from them you know a t-shirt or the vinyl and really try to support them yeah that's cool i, I haven't uh, a friend of mine gave me an old turntable and uh, i have to i tried replacing the cord so i need to need to do that i haven't really gotten into vinyl and it's one of those things i don't know if i want to go down that rabbit hole yeah just... it's tough yeah because then all of a sudden too you have like a bunch of stuff in your place and you're like oh god like when does it end you know i'm just gonna have to amass my music collection i just threw out all my tapes back in the day uh -huh. you know <laughs> yeah yeah i still have a lot of cds a wall of cds and it's just so, do I. so much music that i love it's like where to start so i mean definitely collect uh bands of friends and things that um that are you have more of a meaning there's more of a connection there so I like I'll go to right. an indie show and you know pick up some vinyl just to take something home. So I like that, and I'll just have to figure out maybe at some point getting a turntable and setting all that up. Well, I think what you said is kind of the fun of it all um, because trying to figure out how to fix it with fix the cord, it's like tangible, right? Like yeah. that's you don't you can't have that with the digital world, and I think that that's what people are missing, and they probably aren't missing it if they've never had it, right? So mm -hmm. some of these kids with their TikToks these days and that kind of stuff where they hear their music, they don't miss it because they never had it. But when you go back to something where you have to be in um, you have to be in direct contact with it to make it work. It's more of a gratifying feel because you get to be part of the process, you know? So if you fix that chord and you listen to your favorite record, you're probably gonna have a great night because it's yeah. gonna feel like, damn, I accomplished something and my reward was to listen to this great music that's changed my life. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's that's more of the organic approach where you're working with that, you know, a piece of physical technology that, that you can fix. I mean, right. it's just, I just haven't figured it out yet and haven't put the time into it. But uh, yeah. Um, speaking of, um, I, I want to segue a little bit. Art. Yeah. Art is something that's really important in your lives. I know, Eric, you're, um, you're a craftsman, so you work with wood. Um, mm -hmm. Am I correct with that? Yeah, I'm kind of all of the above. But yeah, that was my last endeavor was a lot of wood projects, correct? Yeah, so, so you're dealing with that. Uh, Darren, you're painting You've uh, you've worked in advertising. You're just, uh, I mean, a bit of a renaissance man uh, from <laughs> from my perspective. Um, talk about the importance of art in your lives. Oh yeah, it's paramount for sure for both Eric and I. Our grandmother uh, was a painter, and you know, I didn't really understand painting very much when I was a kid. I always wanted to learn, and I wanted her to teach me, but she unfortunately passed away before I got a chance to. But Gratefully, my mom was also a painter, and so we grew up with it all over the place. My dad played the trumpet, uh, so he had a little of the music side, not much. It was more so spurred by like the kids loving Nirvana days yeah. with the music than yeah. my dad playing trumpet, but our coronet, I should say. But the but the art for sure came from the, the women in our family, and you know, I, I was good at it. I was really like for the once in my life, I was good at something. And so I kind of went down that path, but then you don't make any money at it. Right. So you kind of give it up and you find the real job, but I knew I still wanted to be in 
art so that that's the bands, you know, kind of took place and you get to do the flyers and all that stuff really is still art, but it's just not, it's not like painting. It's not like, you know, in the traditional sense and advertising, doing that kind of stuff, you know, that taught me a lot about how to get my band out there. And so it was always a means to that end. It always got, came back to the music and how I promoted that kind of stuff. And I think a lot of people are like that. We joke with a lot of friends of mine, a friend of mine that actually does uh, art for a record label in LA. We always joke about the fifth band member is always mm -hmm. that one person who can put together the flyers and the art and all that kind of stuff. That's like the jack of all trades that you need to have, you know? Absolutely. And then Eric, for you growing up, uh, do you paint as well or what? Um... What are your mediums? Yeah, um, well, I would say basically, you know, I, I do like, again, I'm like kind of like a jack all trades. I, I like everything. Um, it's pretty much inspiration for me. I, I'm very, I get bored real fast. So I need something to move on to. Mm -hmm. um, but I would say my favorite thing to do would probably dive deep into music more than pick up a paintbrush. Um, I think I do art sporadically um where darren's pretty much lives and breathes it um but <clears throat> yeah i would say that my painting is basically more into guitar and music and stuff like that okay well, Ken, let me ask you this yeah why do you do this podcast so i do the podcast one because i appreciate art and uh you know i'm just amazed by the talents of so many people that i've met and uh, I just, I want to share that. So if I've, if South by Southwest, when I met you guys and many others, it's just like, wow, I'm blown away by this work. I want to share that. And uh, as Eric said, I'm, you know, I have many different interests. So this just allows me to think about those things, whether it be art or film or uh, graphic design or, you know, business. And it's a, it's a good way to connect with people. So, so it's a great networking. This, uh I mean, and I love that. I love the, all those reasons for doing it. But when you're doing it, it's this is your art. So do you find yourself forgetting about your troubles when you're in this mode and working towards, you know, getting a good interview or th things like that? And if the answer is yes, that's why I do what I do. And I think that's why Eric does what he mm -hmm. does, because literally everything is so daunting. The world is just that way. Yeah. There's a lot of weight that you carry around and it's not, nobody uh, is immune from that. But I find all of these things that I get immersed in, I don't have time to think about anything that really troubles me. And um, it's, that's the addiction behind the art because it's happiness in the work. Yeah. Um, and that's, and that's what I think like where my question for you was, if, if that's what you get out of this, well then that's of course why you do it, you know, because it just makes you feel good <laughs> at the end of the day. Definitely. And, and in this conversation, I'm focused on this conversation at this moment, even when, you know, I, I came up with my notes earlier, but the great thing, what I, what I love when it's more of an organic approach where we just start talking and I don't even need to use the notes. Um, yeah. Of course. And I, a lot of times I'll forget something I'm like, Oh, that would have been great. But yeah, yeah. it's like each of these conversations is it's its own, you know, has its own identity it's just like this moment in time that we're sharing. It's just something when I go back and I'm editing or, or I, I look at the thumbnail that I put together, it just, it brings me back to this. It's like a time machine. 
So yeah. I, I think that's that's pretty cool. And uh, you know, one my main my main thing is has been video and some photography. And yeah. with that, um, it it's just so laborious and so many resources that uh, you know I I would want to make a documentary or music video for all these great bands and you know people that I that I've met. But uh, this is a medium that allows me to do it with looking a little less time. Sure. I still try to put in a good amount of time and, you know, serve this art form. But sure. uh, yeah, I I enjoy it. It's good. It's it's really great to hear about what makes people tick. Yeah, and I think that's the thing about a lot of the stuff that you do, like the album. I may say that we can kind of throw together an album because, in the grand scheme of things, we're a punk band and it's a little easier for mm -hmm. for us, I would say. But it still takes a lot of time. There's a lot of people's time that goes into it, and I think when you put together something beautiful uh whether it's music whether it's art or it's a podcast people don't see the hours that go into it because that's not the point it's supposed to look like magic it's supposed to connect mm -hmm. to them without them understanding any kind of hard work or any kind of struggle getting to the final product you know i mean that's the point the end product should be beautiful and understand you should understand it right away however you want to take it in and being an artist too is it, you can it's not just painting something you know it's like there's every single person i believe is an artist it's just it takes different forms and different mm -hmm. shapes you know landscape oh, yeah. and their tools and whatever and sculpting yards and whatever and there's different art it's what you find beautiful in the moment of something you're creating you know and i think uh everyone that says oh you know i i want to draw but i don't know how to draw you know well it, you don't have to learn how to draw or learn how to paint there's plenty of other ways to be uh very very artistic you know or who's to say who's to say it is art you know I mean, yeah. who's to say it's good and what it's not but i agree with you like can you imagine like you know i don't own a house but I, one day i want to and i want to sit on a porch and watch you know look at my yard and say holy fuck that's so beautiful i'm inspired by that i have my coffee you know like that would be me enjoying a work of art somebody's art yeah, well, fuck, you can have my house. So I have your, I don't want this. <laughs> I want to live out of a truck or something. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. You know, my sister, she has been, um, she makes these cookies and just decorates them really cool. Like she just did um, Sesame Street for somebody. And the detail that she put in them, it was just really cool. And uh, she just, I mean, she really focuses and zones in on it. She's in the zone when she's doing it. And so, I mean, and she's really good. That's her expression. So, you know, I'm really proud of her with that. Um, yeah, no, and again, who who's on the other end of that? Who's enjoying it? Mm -hmm. It's always somebody different every time enjoying yeah. the art. And then also the extra added bonus of being able to taste it, you know, mm -hmm. like sometimes with our music, that's all, all you can really do is hear it, you know, or feel it, but you can't really taste music. So like anytime your senses are involved that way, it's a different experience. Mm -hmm. And just in creating something where it, it, you look back at that period of time and there's something to show for it, whether, yeah. I mean, it may be if you, you make a table that somebody buys, uh, you'll still have a photo and you'll still have those memories of that experience and what you put into it. Uh, with music, it's always out there. I mean, we can go to Spotify or whatever whatever streaming service or go to your Facebook and, and that art is there and that art will outlive, uh, outlive us all. Yeah, and I, I think, think. Sorry, go ahead, Eric. I was just gonna say the most the most special part of art is that when you hold something in your hand that you bought, let's say you bought a painting for five hundred dollars or something, 
Like there's so much spirit, energy, and love that goes into, or maybe even hate, whatever it depends <laughs> on what they were painting. But yeah, yeah. you know what I mean? That you're holding on to something that's again, tangible. And that's also um, that you're like living in the moment of somebody that somebody actually like was um, living out their life in, on this piece of canvas and kind of like dreaming up something or whatever it might be, you know, it's a moment that was created. And I guess what I'm trying to say basically is that art, um, do you understand what I'm trying to say, Darren? Can you, can you help me out here a little bit? What I'm trying to capture with this? Um, I, 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 I kind of zoned I, out for a I second. Mean, I, I, think I, <laughs> I mean, I think I really, that one. I mean, that's yeah. a piece of somebody's soul that's in that artwork. Exactly. I, I think that's, that's where you're getting at. That's what I'm trying to get at. Yeah. It's just, it's such, it's your living. Like there's so much love that goes into something yeah. and when somebody purchases something. Sometimes they just either look at it and they're like, Oh, that's really cool. I want that. Or they really just see like something in that painting that, you know, that they see in themselves that that artist was trying to portray. And I think that is the beautiful part of art. Absolutely. Um, segueing, talking about art, uh, Darren, you are in the process of releasing, you have a, a, a podcast that's about conscientious living through art, uh, through creation. Talk about that project and what uh, what's what will be coming up from that. Yeah, and by the way, Ken, thanks a lot for allowing us to, to talk about some of these projects. Uh, we appreciate it. Oh, um, absolutely. It, it is fun to talk about the stuff you're doing, and, and I find that all, all of a sudden, like I haven't talked about this, Eric doesn't really even know about it, and uh, it's nice to be able to be asked a question, so I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, Breaking news. I try to try yeah. to break the news here. The yeah. podcast. You thought Eric and I were close. Guess again. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, the, uh, the issue with the podcast is I've always wanted to do that. It's for, I love what you guys do. Um, and I love hearing uh, the same way you explained it, like hearing people's stories, why they do what they do. And so, you know, I'm not an avid uh, podcast connoisseur um but i do have a few that i listen to you must remember this is one um because it pertains to old hollywood and sort of the secrets that oh, are in it you know nice. which i love because i'm kind of a film fanatic yeah um but I, I i like that stuff and i i i have a friend who this year has sort of helped me uh before the pandemic um i, I i've had a few soul-searching kind of years in my life where I'm trying to get to like a little bit more happiness. And so that's kind of the point about conscious living is he, um, I, I try, I, I, I don't, I don't, I wouldn't say I have a problem with drinking, but I definitely wanted to cut back. So I, I, today actually is nine months of me not drinking and it's not like it was really inhibiting me, but I wanted to see like, what's life. Mm -hmm. Like I, I drank my ass off for, you know, all these years, what would life be like again if I didn't? And so he sort of helped me with that and fit and find a way to, um, do set myself up a little bit more for success. Okay. Because you know, those hangovers take a long time mm -hmm. to get through and you're wasting your life that could be spent painting. And so I, I always said, if I had the time, what would I do with it? And God has given me the time right now and I'm painting more than I ever have and, you know, working on myself. And I was, I, I, kept, I told myself I wanted to keep my eyes wide open this year. And so all the opportunities that come my way, I want to be ready for. So that had to do with like being clear minded with the drinking. And so when my friend Pat and I was telling me all these things and he was helping me along, I said, we got to do a podcast about this. I have the time now, let's do that. So to answer your question with him, 
and all the things that he's shown me. We talked a lot about going into things consciously and knowing what you're getting into. And because of that, it's kind of like, okay, if I go into drinking consciously, I know that I don't have to do what I've been told all these years that because I go to a bar, I have to drink. Who said, where, did, where in the rule book does it say you have to drink when you go to a bar? When you go to a family party, why do you have to always drink? You know, it seems like there's like a lot of these things that get instilled in you. And then all of a sudden they become part of who you are. Well, with conscious living, you realize that a lot of who you are is really bullshit. You know, you're really sort of this blank slate and you just kind of tack on things that we find interesting or you were manipulated into sort of believing over time. Because of all of those things, I wanted to really put it into. It's hard to understand without reading a lot of books about it and really mm -hmm. focusing on it. Eric talked about meditation and things like that. I wanted to put it in a way where I can connect to some things that I love artistically and talk about the things that I pulled out in you know, from that art. So movies, books, uh, music, um, a great, you know, a great record that you love. What, why is it for years you listen to that record and it can continue to speak to you differently. So we just discover in the podcast, those kind of, we call it's called remainders and it's what you, leaves behind. What does that artistic piece of work give you that you carry around in your life that helps you be a better person that you consciously thought about and said, I want to take that and be, and make that part of Darren Burrell or, you know, whoever you are. Um, so that's kind of the idea behind it. And I, I'm really excited about the content that we have. I don't want to give it away too soon about mm -hmm. our first episode just because it's a month away, but sure. um, it's kind of starts with something about um, life and death, it kind of ends the first season. Um, and so we really explore a lot of those things, you know, and um, I'm really, I don't know if anyone's gonna listen to it, Ken, but I think that it's interesting enough where I would wanna listen to it. So cool. sorry, that was kind of a long no, way no, around. No, 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 that's I, great. I appreciate that's, the question. That's why I like this long format, so we can do, you know, do what we want and not, not have to really worry about it. But yeah, just let me know what one thing that I wanna try to do with this podcast as well is throw out that news where, kind of like the alumni of my podcast, the podcast family, I can throw out that news and yeah. hopefully, you know, create this whole little world here. But yeah, uh, vice versa. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's pretty cool. And, and Eric, um, I mean, what kind of, when we're talking about art or what are some of the things that you like? What are, what are you into uh, as far as art or film or? Yeah, you know, uh, that's where Darren and I are on a little different page. It's not that I don't like film. I just, um, I, I'm a real big outdoors guy. Um, I spend every waking minute outside. Nice. I hate, I totally dislike being indoors of any sort. Um, I like to be free, you know, I don't like to be held down by anything. Um, but yeah, you know, I'm, we're, couldn't be more opposite. I, uh, I love like, you know, mechanical things, working on old fast cars. And, um, you know, I'm really not, I wouldn't call myself a gearhead, but I'm in, you know, I'm in old cars. Um, you know, anything like manly stuff, that's what I do. Nice. <laughs> and I gotta, I gotta tell you just a segue with what you're saying, yeah. because you asked us to talk about kind of bigger moments that happen sure. with us and yeah. stuff like that. So that brings me to thinking about, um, one one time we went to uh, Malibu. Tom has a, a home out there. And so we were just taking a buddy trip and it was the band because that's what we get to do because we're best friends. We don't have to always be playing music. And we went and saw a movie. And I remember Eric being like blown away. It was La La Land. 
And I remember him being blown away. And that was an experience where you were kind of like pulled out of your normal, natural Eric who doesn't really love film. And you were like, I remember you being like really moved by that film. And then to speak to what he just said about outdoors stuff, I don't really feel the same way he does. I mean, I love the outdoors and I go on walks all the time, but like right now I've been inside freaking eight months <laughs> and uh, I don't really go outside much, but Eric was like, we got to go ATV. So one day during this crap, we got on ATVs, social distance and did this whole beautiful path right when the leaves were starting to change. And it did so much for me. I don't even think I told him this, um, but it's something that without Eric kind of pushing me to do that, you know, or it, uh, saying here, let me share something that I love to do. I wouldn't have done that. Yeah. Tom's really good with that too. Like, you know, that's kind of, I guess another unique part of TLB is that like all of us like to do different things. Darren and Tom are probably the most uh, would hang out with each other. You know, when back when Dave was in the band, basically uh, Dave and I would hang out and Darren and Tom would hang out. We Tom, they disappear and Dave and I would disappear. We, and then we join up at the end of the night all together. But um, yeah, to answer like Darren's question, like I'm in the building old BMX bikes right now, like oh. them <laughs> and whatever. So for Darren's birthday, I actually made him a really cool bike. And um, so we got a chance to actually like revisit our youth and ride around town that same day. And uh, it was awesome. Yeah, super fun, super fun. And it would like to have an old BMX like that, you forget like how kick-ass they feel, you know, so. We couldn't afford them back when we mm -hmm. were kids, now that we're a little older, you know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we're like, this is the bike we always wanted, and now <laughs> we can have it. <laughs> yeah. How many years uh, difference are you guys in age? Uh, we're two years. Oh, two years, okay. Two years. I'm the younger brother, yeah. All right. Yeah. And smarter, better looking, <laughs> yeah. Well, I give, give you that, yeah, for sure. <laughs> Yeah. Just looking at, I mean, it's kind of cool to have those influences and have people in your life that have different uh, interests and they, you know, learn so much about the world. And I think that, you know, affects our art in some way or another, because we're, we're having these new experiences. We're having these shared experiences. So I sure. think that that kind of, you know, definitely it, it's more enriching. And that's why yeah. I thought with the podcast, it's, um, you know, I didn't have, you know, many expectations. I put some notes together how I thought it would go, but it's it's great to hear some different things. Um, oh, thanks. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I think that's the thing. Some people, too, they, they would rather just kind of sit on the couch and enjoy whatever is being served up to them. And I got to tell you, that's not a bad way to live because it's supposed to be entertainment. It's supposed to just kind of not make you think sometimes. You're supposed to just mm -hmm. enjoy yourself. I, there's something in us, us artists here that for some reason we got to like pick everything apart. You know what I mean? And we got to mm -hmm. make it complicated. And and I love that about it. But sometimes I just want to sit on the couch, eat a bag of freaking potato chips <laughs> and like zone out, you know, yeah. it's so hard for me to do that. Well, it's, it's kind of cool that you're saying you're a film buff and all that because i'm looking at you with your artwork and i felt recently i've been kind of lazy I have been a little uninspired yeah. uh, like you said the weight of the world right now is heavy with everything that's going on and sometimes it's just yeah. just kind of a weird we're 2020 has been bizarre yeah it's been that's bizarre that's for though. sure like we're we're uh darren and i are like you know working 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 but i think it's really great that people are maybe not working so hard you know you don't have to be so doing something every second of the day you know that's not what life's supposed to be about 
Yeah. So that's a good point because sometimes I, I am a bit of a workaholic. So, uh, and then I feel guilty when I'm taking that time. So this would be the perfect time to recharge, but I, mm. but, but I'm not enjoying it as much because I'm thinking like, I should be doing something. I should be doing I the know. podcast. Uh, and, sure. and then, you know, but then you just kind of let the, you know, just let the universe, just let that energy come through. And it was, it was kind of cool with social media sometimes can be that outlet and, so I would, I had one podcast and another friend reached out like, oh, this is great. Can, uh, you know, we've been talking about it. Let's, let's do this. And then at one point I commented on, on something Darren had posted and, you know, he put a comment and I was like, yeah, let's, uh, you've been on my list. Let's, let's do a podcast. Totally so, appreciated that too, because, you know, for us, when we're doing this stuff, obviously we would love people to be able to find a way to know more about it and, the same with us. I'm like, I'm not sure where to go, who would be interested or whatever. Mm -hmm. So when you did that, I was like, yeah, right away, this would be amazing. So, and again, we've, we, we've, we've known each other, you know, through these mm -hmm. different like circles, but just never done something like this. So this is a nice way for us to get to know you, you know? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I, th I think it's a good format for that. And that's another reason why, you know, like I said, just that, just that connection with people, I can learn more yeah. about your art. You can learn a little bit uh, more about me. Um, um, yeah, yeah, it's good stuff. It's good stuff. Yeah, I think that's kind of like the cool part about podcasts or just anything like getting out. Um, you know, you never know when you're going to see someone down the road or whatever. That's what's awesome about meeting new people and, and getting to know people and kind of getting out there and networking a little bit because it's like, all right, now here we are a few years down the road and now we're catching up and this is great. So, Eric, as far as so you like uh, you're not a gearhead, but you you like working on, um, you know, mechanical type things. What uh, what kind of cars have you been working on? Uh, well, actually, we have a, a 66 Impala SS uh, and we've used that for some multiple uh, videos and stuff with uh, Darren. Darren used it for a video with the scissors. Um, and so that is a. Uh, basically the main car that i worked on oh very cool and then how do you go about have you guys work well i mean now it's not a great time but do you have plans for some videos for the new tlb record oh we have like so many that's the great <laughs> thing about being a band it's like being a child again because you get to like talk about like what would we look like when we're on in this video and you know you get to dream a bit uh -huh. so we do have a lot of great ideas, but we just can't shoot them, you know, because we're not like Netflix and we can't like test everybody for COVID every time, yeah. you know, <laughs> yeah. that's the only problem. Yeah, that is when you, you get that many people together, that is, it's tough, you know, in the video right. world or all that. I mean, there's some, some ways, but uh, it just depends when you, you know, I know you're a big idea kind of guy, so I'm, yeah. I'm sure it'd be more difficult what you're imagining. No, it's not just that too. It's, um, you know, because I have a few people around here that we collaborate with and I know that they're struggling right now too. Mm -hmm. And this, um, music and art is a little economy of its own because you can help out, you know, the person that's going to be recording the video and, and throw some money that way. And, um, you know, the, we obviously made vinyl. We, we spent a lot of money to be going to the vinyl factory, which I feel good about whenever we're able to do that kind of mm -hmm. stuff because it's artists supporting artists, you know? Yeah, I hear you. Um, do you guys, do you, I mean, you generally, you, so you love the video process. How about you, Eric? Do you love the process of making music videos? Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it just kind of ties back into the art thing. Anything where you can create and dream something up in your brain and then deliver it, um, 
you know, is like kind of the point. So yes, absolutely love every minute of it. And it's disappointing that, you know, we have all these great ideas and we can't bring them to the public, you know, and see it through. So, but eventually here at some point. Yeah. Yeah. At yeah. some point, it's at some point we'll, we'll be back to where we can do things a little bit more normal, maybe not the, what we're used to, but, uh, yeah. Well, Darren and I always talk about it, and it's just like, you know, uh, put your head down and do what you love. Um, turn off Facebook, you know, for the most part, and all of the social media, and just focus on being happy and making anything that you like. And uh, when it comes around, it comes around, and you'll be ready for that moment. Absolutely. Um, yeah, the last thing I wanted to talk about, I know this is, is not your thing so much, Eric, but... Um, uh, just talk a little bit about a few of the films. I know you're into some Criterion films, uh, Darren. What uh, I mean, what are what are some of the films that you just love love to watch or love to share with others? Yeah, big time. So again, there'll be a lot of that in the um, in the uh, podcast. But um, some of my favorites. Uh, this is probably going to be an obvious one because I think I wear it on my sleeve. But Alfred Hitchcock's Vertigo is my favorite movie of all time, and. Um, What's a little difference between Tom and I? Like we always fight about that because he'll be like, "Oh, Citizen Kane," and I'll be like, "Yeah, Vertigo," you know. Um, and and he also, I, I have a feeling he won't even like this uh, podcast I'm doing because he's one of those guys that's like, I don't want to think too much about all this stuff. I just want to let it. I want all this stuff to let it happen to me. We have great discussions about film, but he's like, "Let's don't dig so deep," you know, mm-hmm. that kind of guy. Um, but as far as films that I really can't, just can't get enough, to, like one. Some some that have like stuck with me over the years. Cinema Paradiso. Have you ever seen that? I have. Yes. Beautiful film. Makes me cry every time. I refuse to watch the alternate ending because I don't want to know any other ending than the one that is mm-hmm. in that movie. Yeah. Um, as far as Criterion right now, like there was a movie that I watched uh, called H- Haxen. I'm not probably saying it right, but it means witch in Danish, and it was a, a it was a film from 1922, uh, silent era. And it is so beautifully done and so haunting. The, the Criterion, a uh, little bit earlier in this year, when it was really cold out, like January, February, had released a uh, uh, German Expressionism kind of like uh, silent era films. And holy crap, did I consume that so hard. It was just so, it was just so, um, it's like scary. I love scary stuff. You know, I'm a huge fan of Dracula and that kind of stuff. So, and then the silentness of it all, like where you have all this expression happening to tell the story was even more like terrifying, you know? So it sounds like you're in the film. Oh, absolutely. Do you, do, do you have criterion? I, you know, I do not. Uh, I mean, I, I have many discs from back in the DVD age uh, of some criterion collection. Um, one one film that I have, I have a version of Nosferatu with um, with music from Typo Negative. Awesome. Um, <laughs> I You know, I have not watched that in years. I think I'm, I'll have to pull that out later and, and check that one out. But, yeah, uh, they actually have Nosferatu on, um, and very well preserved uh, on Criterion. However, there's no Typo Negative yeah. soundtrack to it. Yeah, so that's pretty cool. <laughs> check out a film called The City of Lost Children. It's a French film. And uh, it's amazing. I, I, I don't know why I have not heard of it, but I bet it. you they've got it on Criterion. They might, or yeah, or somewhere else. But uh, that's just one I, I saw in film school, and then I bought that DVD a few years after. And uh, yeah, that's that's a great film. Um, there's another one, you know, and I like to know, I like to have a few up my sleeve that maybe people don't know about. 
Uh, that's yeah. always fun. Uh, there's another one called Things to Do in Denver When You're Dead. When You're Dead, yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. Andy Garcia, and then there's a lot of other notable actors. William Forsyth. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's a good good flick as well. But, um, so yeah, looking, uh, let's kind of kind of cycle back. So with this new release and your music, what uh, anything you guys want to add, anything you want to promote, any other businesses or anything I can help you out with? Yeah, I think, you know, just the, this record, as we talked about in the beginning, is our sophomore record. It's a second one. So while the first record was a little bit more, I just got broken up with, my band had just broken up, the girl that I loved went off and, you know, I think is now going to get married to our manager at the time. Like, it was heavy. For me, that record saved my life, really. You know, my brother, Tom, they all, I and these songs just poured out of me, and then that's kind of what went down on the record. Now that there's a few years past, this one's way, and, and that record is fun, don't get me wrong, but it's so real, you know, mm-hmm. and it's, it's so deep. This one has that there, but it's just got a slightly more fun edge. Uh-huh. So we're able to open up to talking about stuff that wasn't so fresh with a breakup, you know, and, and it's still about partying and still about drinking. It's really the same record, but just a slightly more or less cynical and, and, um, I don't know, aggressive, I would yeah, say, you, you know, you were exercising your demons with the first one. And this one is, that's right. You know, yeah, you've, you've unloaded right. some of that baggage. I like the song Holiday. That's a lot of fun. And Yeah, uh, and so that's a good example yeah. of maybe a little different than the first record because, yeah, it's like things are still, like, again, Tom and I always talk about it. This band, will, we're never going to write a song about I'm so in love. It's always going to be like, oh, shit's kind of bad mm-hmm. or we're totally broken up or I'm drinking and I'm stumbling home because I just got broken up with. Like, it's always going to be some sort of bad situation with a girl or guy or whoever you're dating. Um, but holiday is the one where it's kind of like totally, I don't think there's any minor chords in there. I could be wrong. So there's not that like twinge of, of negativity in the music. And then there's also, uh, Hey, all we got to do go on holiday together and everything's going to be okay. Of course it's not, but <laughs> that's all we got to do. Like we can party all night yeah. and drink our pain away, you know? Mm-hmm. And then, then of course, like the unifying song uh, is a uh, breakup suck no matter who you fuck. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, <laughs> and it's true. It's just like, no matter your race, color, creed, it's just <laughs> breakup suck. So, well, you know, I think that that song, and thanks for bringing that song up. Cause I want to say something, I know Tom would, would, would be like, you know, I think the inception of that song was breakup suck no matter who you fuck. It was a thing that I wrote on social media to celebrate gay pride week. And so I was like, dude, we got to write a song about that. That's so great, you know? But it's not, it wasn't necessarily original and originated in our songwriting about like, you know, whoever, whoever you fuck is just kind of like, no matter who you date, yeah, you know, it's going, and, and I thought more about it though. And especially with all the, um, division i feel like in who you can who you're told you can date who you can love and of course you can love and date anybody you want and i think that song says it all and especially too with like a punk band that can just kind of say it how it is that's our band breakups suck no matter who you fuck i think is just says it all right you know like the thing that's going to unify everybody is that you're going to get broken up with one day it doesn't matter who it is and it's going to hurt like hell mm-hmm 
Absolutely. Now, are you still uh, are you still working in advertising, or are you still are you just completely an independent artist now and, and musician? Yeah, I'm still in advertising, so um, I love doing that. Um, I got to say that it's a little bit more of um, a harder pill to swallow sometimes because you have to work with others, and it's more. I like um, the people I work with, but sometimes with like the clients that we work with, it's got to be a little bit more of their vision, mm -hmm. and I don't really love that. So, um, I do. I, I'm not saying I, I I'm ungrateful for the job I have. I love it, but when I paint and stuff, nobody can tell me what to yeah. do. <laughs> That's why I kind of like this podcast. And and you work independently, Eric. I do. I uh, I own a couple different companies. Um, and I do basically own a landscaping company and then I own a home decor company. Oh, fantastic. As you stated, yeah, there's, there's, that's a huge art form. Um, my neighbor has his, I mean, his yard looks so much better than mine. He has just everything he's done with the plants and it's just magical. Um, and uh, yeah, I don't know if I'll ever get to get to that point, but uh, but I, I love what he puts into it, and he's just uh, you making know, you jealous over there. That he's an, he's an artisan. He's an artisan. You know, he'll be he'll be he'll be the guy with his leaf blower in the winter time at like. Uh, Ken, I got to tell you one thing. Oh, I'm so sorry. I, I just cut you off. No, no, no worries. I do that uh, all the time. I get those thoughts. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of like I can see it, and then I'm like, oh, he's still talking. Yeah. God damn it. No worries. Uh, Throw it out there. All I was going to say is the fun <laughs> thing for me, it's so great because of the fact that Tom's in the tees and everything, we get to go to like a lot of these parties. Like, and when we do South by Southwest, there's like a lot of bigger things that we're like get to go to that everyone's like, oh, you must be somebody to be here, right? And it's the best thing in the world when Eric's like, yeah, I'm in landscaping. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you see, you see him start to backpedal, you know, out of the conversation. And we're just like, that's why this band is so amazing. Yeah. So we just get like to do that kind of shit, you know, it's nothing better than being like, you get, you know, you're at this high end party and they're like, they think you're, you know, Oh, you're this, whatever. I'm like, no, I just take sewers for a living. <laughs> it's on the side for fun, you know? <laughs> yeah. That's like, cool, man. You're the guy I should, that's going to better my career. I better talk to somebody else. But it's, yeah, that to me, that's that I find that the most interesting. So it's just like, that's what makes a conversation like this. It's cool. That's yeah, cool. well, and I think that's why it's easy to write a song like Breakup Suck, no matter who you fuck or how much supposed to hate you and I love you, because I think that we are understanding of people better than, I don't know, someone who's just always had a, a silver spoon in their mouth and never had to experience what it's like to, to struggle a little bit or to go through some hardships. And I, I love that we can connect to people that way. That's the other thing that's important about art is connecting to people on the level that they're at, you know, and understand having empathy, generating empathy for people is so important. And um, we get it all the time. I went through such a bad experience with the breakup, which caused this band to happen. And people always are messaging me, this record got me through something. And I almost didn't want to do this band. And Eric was like, there's going to be someone someday who's going to go through a bad breakup and they're going to need that record just like you needed the records you were mm -hmm. listening to. And I hear it all the time. When we were touring Europe, people would come up to me after the shows and stuff. And I was like, this is the best thing in the world that I could have ever done. So we'll keep it going, Ken. We're going to keep it going. Keep it going, fellas. That's cool. You get to experience that together. It's therapy. And yeah, Eric is definitely a wise man. So it's... Uh... Yeah, he is. <laughs> Good stuff, fellas. Well, thank you so much for taking some time out and talking about uh, life. It's fantastic. Yeah. Thank you very much, Ken. This is great, man. And I wanted to just give you a shout out and say thanks for uh, 
making sure that you, you're telling people's stories. Uh, we appreciate it. Absolutely. I'll keep doing it and we'll keep the conversation going. Never